I just have a couple of things that I want to share uh, with you today. And it's a, it's a topic that um, I think causes some people to feel apprehensive at times because we think of the topic of God speaking to us as something that uh, makes us a little feel a little weird. It's like when people stand here and they say, well, God told me or God said, you know, what exactly do people mean? Right? Like, what does it mean? God told me, God said, God showed me this. Um, and so I, I, I want to take a few moments to, to talk about that in, a, in practical terms, right? Uh, I think it's safe to say that all of us want to hear from God. Don't you want to hear from God? I think we all do. I think that there is comfort in, in, in knowing and hearing God speak to us and letting us know that he is there, that we're not just serving some kind of a deity. You know, we have no statues. We have no, you know, no emblems or symbols uh, of worship as in pagan cultures, but we do have a God who actually speaks to his children. And not only does he speak, but he delights in communicating with us. Hearing his voice clearly is probably in some ways, kind of like tuning into a radio. Have you ever tuned into a radio where you're like, kind of like catching the frequency of one channel, but you still got the overlap of the other? And you know what? In order to hear God clearly speak, we have to fine-tune, right? We have to like find the channel, find the frequency so that we can get the best, clear, godly, divine voice speaking to us and, and not one that creates confusion in our hearts because we're getting like some, some a, a little bit of one station and a little bit of another. To tune into God's frequency, I think we must choose to put aside everything that uh, divides our attention, our plans, our agendas, our desires to be right, all that stuff that clamors for our attention, that wants to grab our hearts away from the voice of God in us. We need to put those distractions on the side. Now, when it comes to listening to the voice of God, we, each one of us, I think, we process the way that he speaks in a different way because we have perhaps gone through disappointments in life. How many of you, you know, am I talking about just myself? No, okay, I see a few disappointed hands. You know, we've maybe prayed prayers that God did not answer, and so we got discouraged a little bit. We felt down. We felt like God was not really providing the answers that we were looking for. And so we get discouraged, and we start thinking, wow, is this really the God that speaks? Is this, is this the way God communicates to us? You see, the point is not so much how God communicates, but it's, it's our obedience. That's what really matters, right? It's how we obey when he speaks. And so in Acts chapter 2 and verse 37, it's this powerful passage of Scripture. Because when we think about Acts chapter 2, we think of you know, the baptism of the Holy Spirit when the, you know, the 120 were in the upper room and they waited for the Holy Spirit to come and they received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And then Peter, in the power of the Spirit, comes out and he preaches this powerful message. And at the end of the message, this is the response from the people. And they said that when the people heard this, 
That's the message that Peter preached of repentance. They were cut to the heart. And they said to Peter and the other apostles, what shall we do? What shall we do? They were cut to the heart. And that, that simple phrase that probably causes us to think, what does it mean to be cut to the heart? It actually, in the original language, it means that they were pierced. They were shaken up to the point that they were about to lose their mind. Literally speaking, that's what it means. They thought, oh my gosh, my mind is in pain from what I have just heard. <clears throat> it has shaken me up to the core of my very being. And so now that I know this, what do I do? That's a powerful scripture. Brothers, what shall we do? Now, the topic of hearing the voice of God is very vast. I was talking to Bill about it a couple of weeks ago, and we were saying, you know, we, you know that, that's just got so much information. The voice of God, hearing God speak, is just so important. And so I want to give you just a few things on this topic that I believe are practical and we need to hear. First of all, I think we need to start with the fact that today, before we go down the path of what we need to do and all other things, that God still speaks today. Now, you know, some of us will say, well, wait a minute. The ultimate authority for God speaking is not hearing his voice, waiting for him, but it's the word of God, right? And that is true completely, and yet it's not, right? Because God loves to actually speak to each and every one of us individually. Now, the Bible is the ultimate authority for the way God communicates to us. However, let me just say this, that God still speaks today, not only through the written word, but also through his spirit. And God honors when we go to him and we say, Lord, would you speak to me? Would you show me? Would you communicate what you have for me? He honors that and he does speak. Now, <clears throat> I think that for all of us, at some point or another, we've gotten frustrated, right? We get frustrated with the idea of God speaking because we haven't actually heard his voice. It will be so much easier if it was something like an appearance of God on the mountain and, and uh, you know, the, and there's a burning bush and, and there's out of the bush there's a voice that says, take off your sandals, you're standing on holy ground. Oh my God, yes, I'm all for that, right? Give me a God that speaks to me that way. I'm all for it. I'm convinced. I am convicted. I am cut to the heart. I'm pierced. I'm shaken up. I know that that is God. But that doesn't always happen that way. It doesn't. But God still speaks today. And does speak today. Now, can you imagine for a moment, if God were not speaking in such a matter, what would have happened to the communications that Moses had with God if God were not speaking that way. Think about the conversations that David had with God when he was being chased by his son, alone in a cave, wondering, 
I am all alone, God. You have abandoned me. You have left me alone. And, and yet, all of a sudden, he hears the voice of God speak to him clearly. Moses giving uh, you know, him direction. God giving Moses direction for how to advance in life. It is so important to hear the voice of God. So, friends, if you feel frustrated this morning, that you feel like you, you know what, it may be for somebody else. Maybe it's, it's, it's for the professionals. It's just not for me. Don't get frustrated. Don't be frustrated. Don't give up. God still speaks today. He's speaking to you right now. And you know what? The exercise is for us to learn to be patient. For us to pay attention and to hear his voice so that we can be aware of what he has for us. The second thing I, I think that is important is that we got to make time for God. You know, if you want to hear God speak to you, you have to make time for God. It's just a plain, simple equation. Unless we stop from the busyness of life and we take time to listen, we just simply will not hear. It's, it's almost that simple. Almost every single time. Unless we stop and listen, what can we hear? Nothing. Because we're just so taken up. Think about it for a moment. There are so many voices that are clamoring for our attention in our world today. From voices of friends, cultural pressures, social media chatter, the news, and especially in this season, the news and the news and more news. We seem to be addicted to the voices that are circulating around us rather than being focused on the voice from above that wants to speak to us directly. You know, Jesus taught us in a practical way that he depended on the Father above anyone else. We prayed about it this morning uh, in our prayer time. Uh, you know, David shared John 15 about, you know, being connected to the vine. That is like, that's the secret, the very secret of our lives is to be connected to God. And in... Uh, <clears throat> You know, when you, when you read about Jesus in John chapter 5 is one example that I, that I wrote down, is that Jesus declared that he did nothing, nothing apart from what the Father told him to do. He was not interested in, in advancing his own agenda, and neither should we. Our responsibility is to please the Father. We are here on this earth <clears throat> to... Uh, advance the message of the kingdom. Like Jim was sharing earlier, we have a mission, and that is to share the gospel to everyone that does not know him. But we seem to waste so much time with all of the other, the fringe attractions of Christianity that we lose sight of the fact that he wants us to spend time with him, make time for him. And Jesus modeled that practically himself. What did he do most of the times? We hear in the Gospels, he would get up what? Early. And he would go up to where? The mountainside. Or he'd get on a boat and go to the other side. There, there is something that needs to take place that is different than the routine, than the mundane for each and every one of us. We need to change posture sometimes, guys. You need to get up out of your bed and just go find a room. You need to get up sometimes out of your pews and find, a, you know, get on your knees at the altars and just ask God to do that. Or maybe kneel down right where you're sitting. And, or do something different. 
It is needed. It is required for each and every one of us. Now, can you imagine how things will go in your life? I know I've asked my, the question for me. What would my life be if I stopped every time I had to make a big decision in life? If I would just stand still and say, Lord, would you please show me? Is this the right way? I'm not going to ask you if you do that. My guess is that I think we all want to do that. My guess is that we all desire to do that, and sometimes we do that, but many times we don't. Because we're all creatures of habit. And our tendency is, you know, I'm guilty number one. You know, we got a checklist and we got to get it done. Get her done. Get her done. And there's so much more about God that demands our attention and our focus and our setting aside of time. In John chapter 16, Jesus told his disciples that he would not leave them alone. But what did he say? He said, I'm not going to leave you orphans. I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit. And he will guide you in all truth. So can you imagine, again, <clears throat> think of your life. Think of decisions that you have made in your life that were a total, absolute flop. I have made so many of those that if I were to tell you here today, some of those, it would be a total embarrassment. And I know that you're probably in the same shoes. <clears throat> because we all do it. We tend to just want to do it. I mean, you know, there's a, there's a way open. There's a door open. Let's just go. You know, and we fail to see that in the midst of an open door, there's a, a you know, a, a big double slide, you know, whatever, uh, door open, ready to go. And you're just kind of like, you know, you're squeezing yourself in. That is an open door. Let me just go through that. And God is saying, well, wait a minute. Just look to your left. We don't take the time. We don't process what we are doing in a practical way. This is a, a different type of a message, guys. You know, this is like where the rubber hits the road for most of us and, 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 and where we sometimes seem to fail because we want to uh, kind of, by, by default, we go to where we have gone before, right? It, it just, it's easy. The easy way is to just follow the same path that you've tread on before. You see the, the you know, the, the, the footprints, so you just keep on going in that same direction. But how many of you know that the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and over again and expecting different results? And so we fail, but we keep going in the same direction because we somehow see an open door rather than pausing, stopping, and asking God, what do you want me to do? So do yourself a favor this morning. Forget the methodologies. Forget how to. And align yourself to the heart of God. Because when you spend time with him, that is what happens. You align, align your heart to his heart. You tune your, uh, your heart to his frequency to hear his voice so that he can clearly share your heart with you. <clears throat> and that's the third point, is that we need to tune to his frequency. We need to get, in order to get what he is saying, we need to tune in to what he is saying and how he's saying it. You remember in 1 Kings, when Elijah was called by God to the mountainside, and there were various ways that God was speaking, right? He spoke to him, what? 
in a powerful wind. And then he spoke in an earthquake. And then he spoke with a fire. And all three of those times, God was not there. Where was God in? He was in that gentle whisper, in that soft, small voice. What do you have to do if I, I were to whisper? If I were to whisper while everyone else is talking, there is no chance in, on earth that you would, I was going to say in hell, but that too. <clears throat> There's no chance on earth that you would actually hear what I'm saying. Not at all. Because God loves to whisper. And in the whisper, it just automatically means that we set aside all of the distractions. We put aside everything else that is happening around us. And we tune in to his voice. Someone said that God will often insult your mind to reveal what's in your heart. God will often insult your mind to reveal what's in your heart. You see, we have to get our hearts tuned to God's frequency of sound so that we can develop a sensitivity to his voice. That's plain and simple. You know, Psalm 46 verse 10 says, Be still and know. We all know that verse, right? Be still and know that I am God. So powerful. So great. Be still and know. But how many of us struggle with being still? You know, that is one torturous practice. Just being there and not saying anything. Which is what we do here Saturday night. You know, we come together at 6.30. It's called Saturday Seeking. And we basically have music playing and we don't pray out loud. We just sit and we wait and we listen and we write down what he says. I know some, some among us, we're like developing books of things that we hear God say. And it's wonderful because we're taking the time to hear what he is saying to all of us. You know, when it comes to hearing the voice of God, God I think our expectations is for the glamour, for the for the majestic, you know, for the, like, fireworks. You know, when God speaks, it's like, it appears in front of us. And we believe it. I mean, how can you not believe when God speaks with fireworks and with fire and earthquake and, 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 and things around us are like, that's not the way God always reveals himself. He will speak sometimes in these manners of that are pro probably by... Um, uh, you know, uh, externals, right? You, you can see it. You can sense it. You can feel it. You can actually sometimes physically see it. But that doesn't always happen. And the lesson that we hear from, that, that we learn from 1 King 19 and God speaking to Elijah is a very powerful lesson because it demands our focused attention and our silence before God. So let's align ourselves to his heart so that we may hear what he has to say. It's easy to obey when we hear his voice. Much easier. In John chapter 10 and verse 4, 
The disciple John writes this, and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. So I ask myself the question, David, do you know his voice? Ask yourself that question. Do you know his voice? Do you know when he speaks? Because if we don't, we need to reconnect with his voice. You know, I think that at times we have this wrong concept of what, it, what is required and why we need to hear God's voice. We think that we need to hear God's voice when God gives us a great ministry. You know, uh, you know like it's great for the likes of people like Aaron that are going to Mongolia and are praying for someone that is on their deathbed. I mean, that's important for God to speak to, to Aaron at that point, right? Yes, it is. But it's also important and equally as important for the decisions that you have to make. Maybe you're thinking of selling your house, but should you sell your house? Is this the right thing to do? Has God given his stamp of approval? Just a simple example. We need to reconnect to his voice. I'm not, guys, please don't get me wrong here. I'm not here to steal your your dream for great ministry opportunity. But you know what? I was reading this the other day by uh, Admiral William McRaven. I think we've all heard this before, and I'm going to repeat it. He said in one of his academy speeches, he said, if you want to change the world, start off by making your bed. God Almighty, that is so hard. Now, God may not have a great assignment for all of us. That's the truth. That's just a fact. But all of us, guys, are being called to serve Him. You say, how? Well, I mean, you know what? How about you serving in the kids' ministry at this church? How about you volunteer with a great hospitality team that is just like taking this church by storm? You know? How about you volunteer at a food bank? How about you go and help somebody that needs a meal because they're going through some heavy, discouraging times? There are so many ways that we can actually be the hands and feet of Jesus. It does not have to be a great call of ministry to, I don't know, somewhere in Africa or somewhere in Latin America. It can be. It does not have to be. And God is looking for small obedience. Guys, hearing God's voice can become one of the most soulish things that and exercises that we go through. What do I mean by that? Because if you're more focused on getting the next big word for somebody, God, give me a word for you, brother. God, give me a word for you, sister. You know, we sometimes put on that word, that strong 
emphasis, you know. I got a word from the Lord. If that is where you're at, if you're more focused on giving out that big word to somebody, you're missing the point. And you're missing the simple meaning of God's blessing when hearing his voice. You know, unbridled, soulish desires will only satisfy the flesh. God is looking for willing hearts. He's looking for hearts that are open, that are willing to say, God, here I am. I don't know what it is, but I want to hear your voice. I do. God, I want to hear you speak to me. And when you sent, sometimes when you sit in his presence, it will be something that gets communicated to you straight from his word. Sometimes as you're standing still, you'll whisper something into your spirit and you'll know that that is God. You will know it. And that will make all the difference in the, in the way that your day goes around, about and, and how you interact with people because you're conscious of His presence. Hearing God's wo- voice, guys, is an exercise in submission and humility because that is what God is looking for. He's looking for humble hearts and submitted hearts. Now, you may be thinking, I want to part the Red Sea. I, I, you know, I want to deliver the people of, you know, with, with a great shout. I mean, you know, I want to do great things for God. I want to, you know, I want to be one of those great evangelists like Billy Graham and, and just bring millions of people to Jesus. And that could be you. And I'm not saying that it is not. But we have got to start with the simple ways that God speaks to us and to be obedient in the small things. You say, like what? Well, how about like you modeling Jesus to your husband, to your wife, to your co-worker, to the rest of your family? How about you become a good worker, responsible in what you do? How about you just take the simple things that demand the simple responses? And not over-spiritualize things. Just be a good Christian. That is just so hard to do, isn't it, sometimes? Whew. I'm, guys, I'm, I'm speaking to me. I'm speaking to me. Be a good mom. Be a good dad. You see, when we give our hearts mixed signals, we totally, 100%, put a big obstruction to obedience. And a divided heart will always struggle to follow the promptings of the Holy Spirit because your heart is going all over the place. So the question for you and me today is, who are the competitors of our hearts? Is that pride? Is that laziness? Is that money and fortune? Is it success? Is that your children, perhaps? Is it work? Travel? Hobbies? Guys, whoever and whatever is competing with your heart and with my heart, it's got to go.
It's plain and simple. It's got to go. And I could mention a hundred other things like guilt and shame and offense and bitterness and anger. Things that just take our hearts and divide it into little tiny little pieces where God cannot speak to us because our minds go, oh, but he hurt me. Oh, but she hurt me. Oh, but I have this to get done. And I have got to go back to work. And oh my gosh, I got to save money because we promised my family in Australia that we go visit them. And oh, so much. And God is saying, stop, breathe. Let me speak and whisper into your spirit. Selfishness is fertile ground for a disobedient heart. Selfishness. But when we are focused on the Lord, it makes all the difference. Let me finish by saying that God's word will never contradict his written word. What you hear, God's voice, will never contradict his word. You know, this is not just a religious statement, guys, by the way. In Psalm 138, in verse 2, I want to put that up. <clears throat> Look at what it says. I will worship towards your holy temple and praise your holy name for your loving kindness and your truth. For you have, say it with me, magnified your word above your name. God has magnified his word about Above his name. So what in the world does that mean? Let me explain it this way. When you can't hear God's voice speaking to you, you can trust his word. Why? Because his heart is revealed in his word. Are we all there? Okay, so if God's heart is revealed in his word, then his heart will always lead us into godly purposes and godly outcomes because he cannot lie. And because he cannot lie, he will never contradict his word. And his word is for our good. Therefore, when God speaks in his word, it is for our good. Because his word is above his name. Because it will never contradict what he said because his character is tied to what he has said. Does that make any sense at all? I'm so thankful for his word. I'm so thankful. I'm so thankful that he has already declared the things that I am seeking for, the things that I am praying for have already been declared. And then on top of it, when we spend time to hear from him and discern what he is saying, all of a sudden we hear his voice and our hearts are open, not just to a written word, but also to a living word that becomes both what he said here and what he is communicating to us. What a powerful reality. We are so privileged. You know, I read a, a, an awful statistic recently that 80% of all believers who go to church get their Bible reading, you know from where? You'll never believe this. From the songs that we sing. And, you know, this is not to give us a pat on the shoulder, but it is a good thing that we do. We put Bible verses underneath every song. Have you noticed that? 
because we want to make sure that what we are singing aligns with the Word of God, which is life. And so if we're singing life, all of a sudden life penetrates in us and we are full of life. That's why we feel encouraged when we leave church because we've actually sung the truth of His Word that give us life. And that is the crux of the matter for all of us. We can't just let just four songs on a Sunday be the end all of our Bible reading for the week. We have got to spend time with Him. And we have got to know the Word of God. You know, guys, cynicism, sarcasm, unbelief, all of these things will obstruct His voice. And we must learn to keep our hearts pure. And we do that as we spend time with Him. When we don't obey His voice, our hearts are prone to wonder, to fall into stagnant Christianity, going through the motions, we lack joy. We're wondering why is it that we have no joy to serve God, to love on the Lord? Why is it that we sometimes get up in the morning and we're like going to church? Oh, my God. Nah. It's because we are, our hearts are getting hard. And the waters of, our, of the Spirit of God around us are becoming stagnant. And all we remember is those things that God did whenever, when He did them. Hearing His voice will cost us our desires, our preferences, our comfort, and sometimes even our lives. Peter heard the voice of God. It cost him his life. He was hung upside down. Jesus came as in response to God's calling on, on his life, to the Father's calling. He gave his life on the cross. Paul, John, imprisoned it costs their lives and it will cost us something if we want to hear the voice of God and because it does matter if we hear his voice we have got to we have got to church take the time to know him to focus on him and to hear what he says I can tell you this, I would not be here today were it not for God speaking to us. You, in so many ways, probably would not be here today if God had not called you, had not spoken to you, or someone had not taken the time to speak life into you so that you might also serve God and follow Him. And the Really, the truth, guys, is this, that nothing else matters in Christianity. Nothing else. I mean, you can be a great soul winner. You can, I mean, all of those things are all the extras, right? I appreciated what you shared, David, that, you know, we ask God, Lord, we want to see signs and wonders and miracles and things. We want God to move. We want God to do great things in our midst. But those are all the extras, the centerpiece is Jesus. And when he speaks, that's what matters.